0: Luke chapter eight. This morning we're finishing up Luke chapter uh, eight, and uh, we're we're finishing up just an, an exhausting um, day, twenty four hour period in Jesus's life. Uh, Bible says uh, early in Luke chapter eight that uh, Jesus got in the boat with his disciples and he said, "Let's go to the other side." We looked at that story and that. In the middle of the night, there was a huge storm, and the disciples were afraid. Jesus was asleep in the boat. Uh, he wasn't worried. Um, they wake him up, and uh, the disciples who have little faith, um, Jesus calls that out, but he, he calms the storm with, with just a word, and immediately uh, the, sor- the storm, the waves cease. It was a It was a miracle. And uh, they get to the other side. And once they get to the other side, um, they land the boat. And here is this uh, man who is demon-possessed, has many demons uh, living inside of him. And and uh, he casts out this demon. And uh, what should have been a, a great thing for the community, because the community was really scared of this individual, this man lived in a graveyard all alone, uh, they tried to chain him up, but he would break the chains because of his supernatural strength. Um, here Jesus casts out this demon. Uh, the demons flee into the pigs. The pigs uh, run off the side of a hill. And and, uh, and uh, what did I say last week? It's, uh, it's the first... A a swine dive, yeah, they did a swine dive last week and they all died. But uh, those in the community, they were more concerned about the pigs who had lost their lives rather than the man who had been made well. They would rather live with a, uh, scared with a demonized man in the community uh, than, they would rather have him and their pigs rather than what Jesus had done. And so they tell him to leave, they tell Jesus to leave and he gets back in the boat, and he, he, he answers their requests, and um, he goes back to the other side. And so he's gone on one side of the lake, and he's now going back, and here we pick up uh, the rest of chapter 8, beginning with verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me and when the woman saw that she was not hidden she came trembling and falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had immediately healed had been immediately healed and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace while he was still speaking Someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be well. And when he come to the, came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and the mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Jesus is met by a crowd. After an exhausting twenty four periods uh, twenty four hours, he comes back to the other side of shore and people are waiting for him, and there are needs. Everybody's anticipating his arrival, and there's one in particular, his name is Jairus. Jairus is extremely desperate. In fact, we're going to see uh, two people this morning who have desperate faith. Now, this morning in your outline, the title at the top of your outline is, What is Faith? But uh, I think a more appropriate uh, title for this morning is, What Faith Goes Through. Because, folks, there's there's moments in all of our lives where um, we want to exercise more faith than typical. And uh, faith is typically, the, the first point I want to point out from this passage is, faith is typically birthed in despair. And there is a lot of despair going on here. There are two people who are desperate for Jesus. One who's... Uh, who a father whose daughter is dying and uh, he's at the end of his rope he has no one else to turn to and he knows that jesus is coming he's heard what jesus has been able to do and so his only hope is in jesus and he desperately pleads for jesus to come to his house the second person in the story is a woman who is discouraged. She is desperate. She is defiled. She has been bleeding for 12 years. And, uh, and she's at the end of herself. She's spent all of her resources. She has nothing or no one else to turn to. And she knows that Jesus is, is back. And she's desperate for the Lord as well. And so Jesus hears first Jairus' plea. Come to my house, Lord. And Jesus says, okay, I'll go. And immediately as he begins to go, the Bible says, the crowds start pressing in on him. I mean, there's a traffic jam. And it's hard for him to get where they're trying to go. Um, Traffic jams, we don't understand traffic jams here in Ridgecrest, do we? You know, it's, it's hard to relate to a traffic jam, but if, you were, if you've ever been on the 405 at 5 o'clock rush hour, you know what, what I'm talking about. This is what's happening in this passage of Scripture. The crowds are pressing in on him, and he can only move very slowly. But here we see right here in the, in the first part of the Scripture that there are two desperate people who need Jesus. And they have great faith. My friend, faith is, also, is, is often birthed in despair. Going through a crisis right now, it's a great opportunity to exercise faith. Second thing I want you to see on this journey through faith is this. Faith, faith is dependent on, on God's timing. Not our timing, but God's timing. As we read this passage of scripture, Jesus says, okay, to Jairus, let's go. And in verse 42, the first, second half of that passage says, And Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. And she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? Jairus is in a hurry for Jesus to get to his house. But as we look at this passage of Scripture, Jairus is in a hurry but Jesus isn't in a hurry. The crowds are pressing in on him, and there's a woman in the crowd who just says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. And when she touches his garment, Jesus immediately knows it. It's like... It's like uh, someone uh, attached battery cables to his body and the power from Jesus went out from him into this woman. Jesus knew that someone had touched him and he wanted to know who it was. Here Jairus is in a hurry, but Jesus isn't in a hurry. He's going to stop and he's going to learn who this woman is. My friend, you may be in a crisis right now. And you're in a hurry for God to do something. Just understand, Jesus is on his own timetable. I'm reminded of Lazarus. You know the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. Jesus got word that uh, Lazarus was ill. His sisters requested for Jesus to come. And what does the Bible say Jesus did? Jesus stayed in the town where he was at two more days before he came to see his friend Lazarus. When Jesus had got that word, Jesus said that uh, Lazarus wasn't, uh, uh, well look at John chapter 11 verse 4 or verse 3. He loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, but he stayed two days longer before he went to go see Lazarus. And by the time he got to see Lazarus, Lazarus had died. Jesus was wanting to to point out something uh, about himself that people didn't know. Had have Jesus just gotten there when Lazarus was alive but ill. Jesus could have made Lazarus well. But Jesus waited for Lazarus to die. Because in death, Jesus wanted to point out to his sisters and those who were there that Jesus was not only a, a great healer, the great physician, but he was the resurrection and the life. God may be slow, my friend, in your time of crisis right now, but just understand God's delays are not God's denials. God knows the bigger picture. God knows what he's trying to accomplish. And just understand that faith is dependent upon God's timing. Now, let's go back to this desperate This desperate woman. Here, Jesus is on his way. Jairus is in a hurry, and this crowd is pressing in on Jesus. And uh, this woman, who has been bleeding for 12 years, is thinking to herself, if I can just get to Jesus, I know Jesus can touch me. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, Jesus will make me well. Now understand, this woman did not have mature faith. Her faith at this moment in Jesus was more of a supernatural, or a, or a yeah, a supernatural—not a supernatural. Well, I, I'm not thinking a magical faith. And if 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 I can just touch his garment, you know, this special Jesus will make me well. Her faith wasn't mature. But understand this about the woman too. She had been bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. If you know anything about Old Testament law, Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25, a woman who's, who's bleeding, who's going through her menstrual cycle, but even bleeding beyond that. Old Testament law says she's unclean. And she's been bleeding for 12 years. That means anyone who touches her, anything that she touches, anything that she lies down on, anything she sits on, anything that that she touches or anything or anybody who touches what she touches is unclean. Most likely this woman is divorced. I mean, men in this period of time, they could divorce women for any reason. If she burnt the toast, uh, her husband could divorce her. Women did not have a whole lot of rights. But so it's most likely that this woman is lonely. Never been hugged. Never been touched. Hasn't been able to go to the synagogue or the temple. She's all alone. But she knows Jesus can help. And she fights the crowd just thinking to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, he will make me well. And that's exactly what Jesus did. There's a reoccurring theme in this book that we see over and over again. Jesus is drawn to the marginalized and the ostracized of society. Here's a woman that nobody else wants to have anything to do with because she is unclean. And at the moment, as Jesus is passing through the crowd, the woman touches him. And when you get right down to it, Jesus knows who's, who's touched him. This isn't a surprise to him. Jesus wants to minister to the marginalized, the ostracized. And folks, this is who Jesus wants us to, to minister to. We have, we have a tendency of forgetting these things as we, as we address issues inside the church. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that happen in the, in the life of a church family that distract us to the hurting and the bleeding in the community. And folks, I haven't forgotten La Mirage or Oasis or the people across the street. This is who Jesus wants us to touch and who Jesus wants those to touch us. Adele mentioned the clothing closet that's coming up. Um, this is going to be a wonderful ministry to uh, the families in the Child Development Center in particular who uh, the CDC serves. We have uh, 40 families who, are, who live within the poverty line. There are tremendous needs there. And as a church, we can help them. And so I want to encourage you to help us fill up that, that clothing closet. Um, I want to encourage you to buy script out here at the table. Script is uh, gift cards. Uh, you could buy gift cards to Kmart, Walmart, uh, wherever, where we can go and buy the clothes that uh, we need for the clothing closet. You'll be helping the clothing closet and you'll be helping uh, Emmanuel Christian School at the same time. But folks, we need, to, we need to fill up this closet and help families who, who need it in our community. Be the Church is coming up. Who is there in the community that can't help themselves <clears throat> that uh, life groups can come together and be a blessing, be Jesus to someone in our community? Folks, we need to be doing this. And not just one Sunday out of the year. We've talked about, and we really need to start this, this fall, uh, Be the Church on Wednesday nights. I would love for us as a church to provide a free meal to families in the community who need it most on Wednesday night. And we have people from our church who are here in the dining hall as well having dinner with them and just listening to their story and how we as a church, learn how we as a church can further minister to them and be the church to them Not just one day out of the year, but throughout the year. This is who Jesus was drawn to. Jesus was was drawn to the marginalized, the hurting, the bleeding. Getting back to our story for a moment, just know this about this woman's faith. This, this woman overcame a lot of pers- personal excuses. You know, she could have convinced herself, I, I'm too weak to get to Jesus. Jesus might be able to help me, but I don't have any, any energy, and I can't fight that crowd. But she overcame that obstacle. Um... She could have listened to the excuse, well, nothing else has helped. You know, I've gone to all these doctors. I've spent all this money. I've spent my life savings. Nothing has worked. Why should I Why should I trust Jesus? But she didn't listen to that excuse. And she didn't listen to the excuse of, well, what will people think if I touch them? For you see it, Her getting to Jesus in her defilement, anything she touched was going to be made unclean. But she overcame all those obstacles in new and knowing that she needed Jesus. Folks, are you in a crisis of faith right now? Something going on in your life and. And the enemy is coming up with every kind of excuse as to why Jesus won't work. Friend, don't listen to the enemy. And even though Jesus may be delaying, Jesus is on his own timetable. He sees the bigger picture. He knows what he's trying to accomplish. And we must trust him. The third thing I want to see about this journey through faith is this. Faith cannot remain anonymous. Faith cannot be, remain anonymous. Jesus wanted to know who touched him. The Bible says the power from his body left him into the woman that was healed. And Jesus asks the question, who touched me? And Peter sarcastically says, you got to be kidding, Jesus. You know, everybody's surrounding you right now. We're in a traffic jam here. Everybody's touching you. You're, thinking, you're saying somebody touched you? Was Jesus really in the dark as to who touched him? Absolutely not. He knew who had touched him, and he wanted this woman to testify of her faith. And he wanted to encourage this woman's faith. This was a frightening, embarrassing moment for the woman. But folks, we can't keep our faith in Jesus to ourselves the bible says if we deny jesus before men he'll deny us before the father jesus wants us to go public with our faith and i know that's a very scary thing but it's something that will help you in your discipleship your walk with the lord something that we're doing in our church we started this oh this last summer was uh, people who've made commitments to Christ before they're baptized. We encourage them to share their testimonies, share their story of how they came to know Christ before they're baptized. It's scary for some, but it's a it's a rewarding opportunity because Jesus doesn't want us to be ashamed. He wants us to naturally share what Jesus means to us with other people. And here Jesus stops the crowd. Here Jairus is in a hurry, but Jesus stops, and he wants to know who's, 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 who's touched him because he wants this woman's faith to be made public, and he wants to encourage this woman's faith. And so with fear and trembling, the Bible says she was f- frightened. She told her story. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. It's the only place in Scripture where Jesus calls someone daughter. Why did he call her daughter? Maybe he was showing Jairus, Jairus, you have a daughter that you're concerned about. This is my daughter. This is who I have come to help, to serve, to rescue, to be made whole, to save. And he also encourages her faith. Superstition, that was the word I was looking for. Jesus is basically sharing with this woman, your faith. Needs to be in me. There wasn't anything magic about my garment or anything of this nature. Your faith is in me. You can trust me. Your faith in me has made you whole, made you well. And my encouragement to you, friend, if you're trusting God for a miracle, you don't have to have a whole lot of mature faith in Jesus to do something. This woman's faith was very immature, very superstitious. But it was in Jesus. And Jesus wanted to encourage that faith. And he says, your faith has made you well. He wanted this woman to go public with her faith in Christ, and the fourth part of this this uh, faith journey that we see in this passage of scripture is this: that faith holds on when reason says give up. Faith holds on when reason says give up. Jesus has stopped. He's encouraged this woman who's touched him. And as he's encouraging this woman, someone from Jairus' house comes to Jairus and says, Jairus, your daughter has died. It's over. Don't bother Jesus anymore. He can't do anything. Leave him alone. And Jesus, on hearing those words, he says this in verse 50 do not fear only believe and she will be made well folks there's going to be moments in our journey through faith where reason is going to say it's over it's not worth it Don't bother Jesus. But faith holds on when reason says, give up. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Believe. With God, nothing is impossible. Are you in an impossible situation? My friend, do not be afraid, only believe. And we, here we see in this passage of scripture, um, that is not the words that Jairus wanted to hear, that his daughter had And here he saw Jesus heal this woman, and he's hopeful. Okay, well, she's made well. Maybe he can make my daughter well. And so he's full of hope, and then all of a sudden he hears the words, She's died. That is not what he was expecting. And Jesus says, Do not fear, believe. What is faith? Faith faith is not believing that you're going to get what you want. Faith is believing and knowing that God knows what is best. What kind of faith do you have this morning? Do you have a faith that You're hoping that you're going to get what you want. God wants you to have a kind of faith that believes that he knows what is best. If you get any takeaway from this message this morning, take away that. Faith is not the belief that we will get what we want, but the belief that God knows what is best faith holds on when reason says give reason says give up and then number 5 on this journey with through faith god rewards those who exercise faith god rewards those who exercise faith blessed are those who believe and cannot see jesus says the only ones who were in on this miracle in Luke chapter 8 were those who believed. Jesus continued with Jairus onto the house. When he got there, Jesus saw all this weeping and wailing and commotion. And uh, in Mark chapter uh, 5, you know, Jesus says, She's not dead. She's just merely sleeping. And, uh, and the Bible says that those who were there laughed at him. They knew what death looked like. She was really dead. But Jesus, the Bible says, he he removed all those from the room who didn't believe. The only ones who could stay were the mom and dad, Peter, James, and John. And the Bible says that Jesus got down. Besides this, besides this little girl's bed. And in Aramaic said these words, Matthew, Mark chapter 5, verse 20, 25, Talitha kum, which means little lamb, little girl, get up. And here was this little girl who was dead. Jesus takes her by the hand, and says, little girl, get up. And the Bible says, she got up. Who was the first person this little girl saw? Jesus. Who was the first person this little girl touched when she came back to life? Jesus. My friends, this is a picture of of the resurrection. Back when the bleeding woman touched Jesus, that was a picture of the cross. Jesus this woman uh, touching Jesus, him taking her her sinfulness upon himself. Here in this in this miracle, here we see a picture of the resurrection. This is the first person that this little girl was going saw. Maybe you've lost a loved one. I just want you to be encouraged that the first person that that loved one has seen when they've passed away from this life is the person of Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, well, Pastor, I wanted wanted Jesus to raise my loved one or make my loved one well. Like he did in this passage of Scripture. And it doesn't always work out that way on this side of heaven. I want to read you some words from Dr. G. Campbell Morgan. He was a a famous pastor in uh, England, uh, early uh, 19th century. And this is what he said. I can hardly, because he lost a little girl, um, a daughter himself. said, so I can hardly speak of this matter without becoming personal and reminiscent. Remembering a time 40 years ago when my own first daughter lay at the point of death, dying. I called for him then, and he came and surely said to our troubled hearts, Fear not, believe only. He did not say, she shall be made whole. She was not made whole, at least on this earthly plane. She passed away into the life beyond. But he did say to her, Talitha Talitha kum, that is, little lamb, arise. But in her case, that did not mean stay on the earth level. It meant that he needed her and he took her to be with himself. She has been with him for all these years as we measure time here. And I have missed her every day. But her words, believe only, has strengthened the faith of all the passing years. My friends, I don't know what faith journey you're on at the moment, what, what Jesus is taking you through. But with God, nothing is impossible. And he wants us to have faith in him. Not the kind of faith that's believing that it's going to be your way, that you're going to get your way, but a faith that says God knows what is best. Where's your faith this morning? Our faith needs to be in Jesus with God. Nothing is impossible. Let's pray. My friend, are you going through a struggle right now? Are you in despair? That's where faith is birthed. Jesus is on his own timetable. He's not on yours. He's not on mine. He's on his, and he has a plan. His delays are not his denials. My friend, when reason says, just give up, may your faith say, keep holding on. Keep holding on. Jesus, you want to reward faith. And Lord, for those, for some whose loved ones have gone on, Lord, their faith has been rewarded. The very first face they saw was Jesus. Very first hands that touched them were Jesus. And your word says that you've wiped every tear from their eye. Thank you, Father, for the hope, the trust, the confidence that we can have in you. And Lord, for any who are here today who are at the end of themselves, I pray that they wouldn't cave in to their excuses, but they would keep trusting you to have the faith of the bleeding woman, knowing that you can make them well in your way and in your time. Father, we love you. We worship you.